0: Hello, and welcome to That's Not Spit, It's Condensation. Hello, everybody, and welcome to That's Not Spit, It's Condensation. I'm Ryan Beach, and on today's episode, we have my very first over... Zoom uh, in person interview. I've done a few of these over the phone for winning the job, but I've tried really hard to bring you uh, the best sounding content that I can. But the coronavirus is too powerful, and I had to give in. So I am over Zoom with my very good friend, wonderful trumpet player, dad, husband, also awesomeness in general, powerlifter Patrick Oliverio. And um, he has a lot of experience in recording uh, the trumpet. He's been doing a lot of work over this time um, to kind of hone his skills. And he says that he has some stuff to say about it. And I thought that this would be a cool episode to make to kind of give some some basics and even some specifics about recording and how to make this work for you so we can use this time to maybe even improve what we're doing uh, to benefit us down the road. So welcome, Patrick. Thank you for joining me. Thanks for having me, dude. Absolutely. Let's just start with who you are
1: as a human being, what you do, where you're at, all those kinds of things. Well, uh, like you said, my name is Patrick Oliverio. I um, currently reside in Overland Park, Kansas, which is a little suburb of Kansas City. Uh, We're actually about to move here in about two weeks from the taping of this uh, to Rochester, New York. And then from there, we'll go from Rochester, New York to Rochester, Michigan. So we're going to be a Michigander here soon. I've been going uh, and doing my DMA at the University of Missouri-Kansas City, but I'll be actually going back to Michigan State University to finish up my DMA there. Um, Like you said, trumpet player, dad, very, very proud dad, proud husband, um, recording enthusiast, coffee enthusiast, powerlifting strongman enthusiast, which we can talk about some of that stuff. Uh, Beard grower, yes beard grower, proud, <laughs> proud beard owner. Um, yeah, it's pretty much sums me up. Cool. Well, um,
0: I think we should just dive into the topic of the the episode. So, um, I know that a little while back, you sort of became uh, public about your desire to kind of over time hone your recording ability and just being willing to put stuff out there that is a test and say, what do you guys think and get feedback. So if you kind of want to walk us through your thought process on that and some of the things you've learned and what, what sort of incited this desire to um, learn to do this more and then just kind of. Uh, After that, we can get into some general uh, ideas about what makes good recordings and that kind of thing.
1: Sure. Uh, So whenever this um, going into this quarantine, I I already had kind of a general understanding of recording and and basic understanding of equipment and software and all that, all that jazz. But whenever this started, um, I kind of took it upon myself to dive headfirst into the audio and video recording pool and um, trial by fire in a way. So I've been doing my own recordings. I've been doing recordings and videos for other people. I've been <laughs> asking uh, asking and answering a lot of questions, mostly answering a lot of questions. Um, and it's, it's just been an interesting process kind of seeing what works, what doesn't, because there's not really a lot of resources specifically for Trumpet playing, let alone brass playing, recording. Um, there's not like a a person that you can go to and say, "Hey, how do I record trumpet in a bedroom and make it sound halfway decent?" Because we're so used to performing, you know, in, in large halls or really nice rehearsal halls or garages, like I like to do, uh, and kind of have more of a flattering place to rehearse and practice and record, but. Because of this, we really don't have that right now. So I've tried to figure out ways that don't, that that still gives you a good representation of what, who I am as a trumpet player and musician, but still kind of, I don't wanna say enhances, but gives you a little bit more room. And gives you that feel of practicing in a hall. So a lot of people have been asking me, it's like, oh, you know, when I practice in my house, I feel terrible because, you know, I, I'm in a carpeted bedroom with curtains and it, there's no sort of feedback at all. And a lot of these people just want to kind of have the feel of playing in a hall again. And, and to them, I say, well, just get yourself a really decent USB microphone and some really good headphones that you can put on, load up GarageBand and put on a standard reverb. And that will actually kind of give you a little bit of that hall feel. So I mean, I've kind of been answering questions from a lot of different people in a lot of different scenarios. One is you know practice, another is just recording videos and what how to use uh, the acapella app, which has become ridiculously popular within the past two months. yeah right you've seen everyone be posting with that little tag at the bottom acapella. Uh, and then there's been some people that have kind of also taken the dive and have done actual videos through professional video software like uh, Final Cut Pro or Adobe Premiere or DaVinci Resolve, what have you. Um, so it's just it's been an interesting process, and I've and I've learned quite a bit. I'm still by, by no means an expert, uh, but I do feel like I have a better understanding of what's going on and how to record, what would get a good result, what won't get a good result, um, and just some standard equipment that I, really rec- I like and recommend.
0: Let's start there. I think that's going to be one of the most important parts of getting good recordings is having equipment that can handle a trumpet sound and all those kinds of things. So let's start with what you do recommend. You just did this for me a few days ago, kind of maybe I think specifics would be good. So a budget buy, maybe a a next level up if you want to invest and then possibly a dream situation and then kind of the specs of it being a ribbon mic versus, um, Uh, condenser or dynamic and Mm -hmm. figure eight patterns or all that kind of stuff, like kind of getting a little bit more detailed about what the setup might look like for someone to get a great trumpet result.
1: So that's, that's one of those things that you kind of have to keep in mind. There are, so what you just were talking about with ribbon mics and condenser mics and and dynamic mics and large, large diaphragm condensers like that is very, it's Greek to a lot of people Uh, and to a lot of people that want to actually get good recordings and that don't have any experience in this. So there's really a lot of different options out there. One, the, the cheapest and probably the easiest way to go, if you're looking to get a better, better product with your recording and you don't want to have the, like the learning curve, you just don't want to go up that, that slope with that learning curve, um, is a USB microphone um it's it's probably it's the least expensive it's also going to give you the best bang for your buck um and it's it's just plug and play so the couple of microphones that i recommend for that one is the the blue yeti usb microphone which is fantastic um and I'll also explain how to use them as I'm talking about them. So the Blue Yeti is, is a condenser microphone that, where you can actually change and customize it a little bit on the back with some dials. But you literally plug it into a computer and you go. Or you can plug it into an iPad. It also works with iPad or a tablet. So with that, I, I like to do a thing called close miking. Where it's more like studio miking, where you get really kind of close and you turn the gain all the way down and you turn the gain down on the device that you're recording into, whether it be a computer or a tablet. And that will give you the the most custom uh, oh what's 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 trying to think of the correct word for this. Customizability, I guess is the word we're looking for. It gives you the most control over over the sound that mm-hmm. you're getting. Um Another mic that's actually really good that you actually plug into your phone, and I know that you own one, is the Shure MV88 Plus. I mean, it's it's probably the most versatile mic that I own. Um, my wife Jen um, is one of those technologically challenged people that doesn't like to use technology <laughs> at all, and she uses that mic effortlessly. Um, she absolutely loves using it she uses it on her phone all the time so every video that you essentially you see her put up online is done with that microphone so those two microphones I would say are the easiest and, and take very little to little little knowledge to operate if you already have a basic understanding of microphones but want to get a better product and you want to kind of up that game um, it's called an xlr microphone so it's actually like what we're talking on right now they actually plug into Mm. what's called an interface that then plugs into a computer or a tablet or what have you whatever you're recording to um and those microphones come in an array of different styles whether it be ribbon condenser dynamic large diaphragm condenser uh what have you and those microphones there's a couple that i recommend First of all, let me just talk about interface. So there's a whole bunch of different lines and, pro- and brands of interfaces. The one that I recommend highly is the brand Focusrite. Um, that's the one I'm using right now. I think that's the one that you're also using right now. They have different yeah, models right? yeah. with those, but you really can't go wrong with a Focusrite brand interface. Um, there are a number of different ones out there, but I think for the price... And the reliability, I've never, I've owned this Focusrite interface for, I'm going to say six years, and I've never had an issue once, which is great, especially if you're recording and you're doing multiple takes and you got one take, you're, you know, 10 takes in and you got that one and you look and it's, it's, there was like some digital noise in it because your interface glitched. That's frustrating. Right. So, um... Interface, Focusrite, the Scarlet is what you use. I'm almost positive. And I use a thing called the I have the 2i2. The yeah, so yeah. that's the, and whenever they say like 2pre or 2i2, whatever the number is, that's how many inputs it has. That's how many microphones you can actually plug into it. So I have the Focusrite Claret 4, 4pre, four which means that there are four different plugs for microphones. That's the very layman's terms. Um, so, yeah, focus right for the interface. Now, for microphones, if you're looking for something that is super versatile and that'll really get you a better sound right off the bat and isn't that expensive uh, is the Shure SM27. That's what I'm talking on right now. It's a really great large diaphragm condenser. It's about 100, $125, 150 bucks, I believe, on Amazon. Gets a really great sound. It's a great talking microphone, as you can hear, um, but it's also a good recording mic for trumpet. Um, if you want to maybe spend a hundred or so more dollars, uh, but you're certainly going to get it, get that quality in that hundred dollars is a ribbon microphone. I just realized I'm going really, really fast. I'm probably going to try and slow down. It's all good, man. It's a podcast episode. <laughs> People can go back. Um, so ribbon microphones, ribbon microphones, in my opinion, are the best microphones were for recording brass and that I would challenge someone to argue with me on that specifically classical like orchestral brass uh it 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 has a wider range that it captures with this this cap like this microphone right here does a really good job of capturing uh, the extreme low and a lot of the high for a trumpet we don't need any additional high frequencies So whenever you record on this mic, one thing that you're definitely going to have to do is do some EQ, which is basically altering the sound a little bit, uh, and you're going to have to drop the highs and raise the lows a little bit. But on a ribbon microphone, there is very little that you will have to do. Um, When we recorded our album, which should be released in about three weeks, um, shameless plug, it was okay, recorded. That's why we're Sorry. here, too. <laughs> <laughs> Just realized what I did. Um, but anyway, our album, we recorded on ribbon microphones, and they are fantastic. Um, and they did very little manipulation to the sound, if any. So I'm very, I'm, I stand by those microphones. And the couple that I recommend is, one is the Golden Age R1 Mark Three, I believe. Yeah, yeah, three Mark III um, Active Ribbon Microphone. And the active is important. And I'll explain that in a second. Um, another one that I recommend is the ooh, voodoo. Oh, look it up. Oh boy. Oh wow, it's right there. I had it pulled up. It's like I was just like looking these microphones up. <laughs> like someone asked me about it. Hmm. Where are you? Oh, there we go. We can cut Yeah, can sorry. Cut this too. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking it's like yeah, he's going to have to cut this. Um, so yeah. The Voodoo VR2 active ribbon microphone. Now, it's going to be about 100 or so, $150 more than the Golden Age, but it is a super reliable. I know a lot of uh, my colleagues that own that microphone, they absolutely love it. Um, just the the Go back. The golden age is right around $325, right at about.
0: I got mine for $230. Ooh, where'd you get it from? The internet. The, w- <laughs> I don't remember. It was sold. I mean, everywhere I looked, it, it, the one you sent me on Sweetwater was 230 Oh, really?
1: Was it? Oh, my mm-hmm. God. Well, okay. The golden age is and about the, $230. Yeah, the, And And the Voodoo is like the Voodoo is about five hundred bucks. So the Voodoo is a better microphone generally, but it's going to take a really trained ear to tell the difference between the two. And if you just have all the money in the world and you just want to go and splurge and you don't really know a lot about microphones, my dream microphone is the Royer R one twenty one ribbon microphone. Now, for that wonderful microphone, you're going to be spending right at about $1,200. Yeah. But it's a microphone that'll last you forever. It's a fantastic microphone. Royer is one of the best brands in microphones, arguably. Uh, and the, that model ribbon microphone is amazing. I've recorded with that several times, and I absolutely love it. So the whole Active part of the active ribbon microphone. Not to get too in-depth into this or get too uh, nerdy about it, but all these microphones that we talked about, the condenser, large iframe condenser, dynamic, all these microphones I just said require a thing called phantom power, which is power that is sent from the interface to the microphone to make it live. With a ribbon microphone, you do not need it. In fact, if you put Phantom power into a ribbon microphone, you will destroy the ribbon inside the ribbon microphone, rendering it inoperable, which when you spend $2,000 on a nice ribbon microphone is unfortunate. Yes. Hence why I say just go and get an active. If you don't really have that much experience with microphones and you're afraid that you will destroy it, just get an active one. It's they, they get this basic same sound. Uh, and you'll be happy with it.
0: Awesome. So there we have um, uh, as much of a general, but with some specifics, (laughs) right, Uh, we could obviously go way more in depth, but I don't think it's going to be necessary for most people. We have our USB options that are plug and play. Uh, I use also the Shure MV88+. Plus. That's what I've been using forever. I just purchased a ribbon microphone, so we might possibly be able to hear the difference upcoming in my own uh, content that I'm producing. Um, what do you feel, uh, all of this work has done for you? Um, you've been, like you said, you've taken on some more projects and you've been recording more. What do you feel like doors might have opened already? Or do you see the possibility of opening different kinds of doors for you uh, as a creative, having these experiences that you didn't
1: have before? Oh yeah, most certainly. I mean, having, having the knowledge, uh, of using all this really great software and hardware, certainly gives me a lot of ideas of things that I can do, projects that I can take on, and colleagues that I can help. Um, So just as an example, with my next CD that I'll make whenever, my goal is to basically self-produce it, self-record and self-produce the entire album, which is a daunting task when you look at it. But the more and more I learn, and the more and more knowledge about software equipment, recording techniques, the more confident I feel about it. I've known many people that have self-produced their own albums, um, to great success. That's one. Another thing is, uh, with these video editing and recording, uh, I mean, I've, I've now had three different, um, colleagues of mine reach out for me to produce, uh, multi-track videos for them, which is awesome. Um, and that's something that I, quite literally started at the beginning of this year. It's it's software that I literally bought whenever I saw that the Apple was running a educator special, which plug if you are looking at doing this, if you and you're an Apple user, Logic, Final Cut Pro along with three of their companion apps are now only $199, which is dirt cheap when you're talking about professional audio and video software. I believe Final Cut alone, if you just were to buy it straight up, is three hundred dollars. So it's a great deal. Um, And if we could, I could probably send the link to that if you wanted to add that in the description of this. Yeah,
0: we'll add some of this stuff to the show notes and the blog and stuff like that too. Um, Yeah,
1: but yeah, so I mean, I've I've certainly gotten a lot more um, ideas for myself and. Uh, uh, opportunities to help others with this, which is fantastic. I, I, I encourage if you have the itch to experiment with recording and video editing and, and audio editing, dive in. I mean, this is certainly the time to do it, especially with this with with the quarantine and COVID nineteen. I mean, we all have a plethora of time now, um, and it's finding out ways to use it constructively for for our art, our craft.
0: Do you see a future in where you become like a content producer of this kind full time and the trumpet is a secondary thing? Do you see that as a possibility or even a desire? Uh,
1: it, it's not a desire for it because I, I still love playing trumpet and I still love teaching trumpet. That's certainly not I don't think it's going to replace that. Now, will it maybe gain more traction into what I do? Yeah, I, I, I could see myself actually putting out content and doing stuff, doing different projects for myself um, that have me playing or have my students playing that or to help my students, things like that. But I don't see it completely changing or altering my career course.
0: (laughs) Sure. I was just curious. I I mean, it's obviously a passion for you. So I was just curious if that you saw that as a possibility of maybe happening. Um, I suppose we could end this episode or come to a a, a close with talking about this idea that just because we now have a great microphone does not mean we necessarily understand how to use it. It's the same thing just because you buy a more expensive trumpet does not automatically make you a better trumpet player or any version of what that could be. And so uh, if there's any tips or tricks or some general uh, generalities about setting things up and... Uh, whatever it could possibly be to help people also get started in the trial and error part of what is ultimately the 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 longest part of learning how to do this. If you want to help people get started, I'm sure they would appreciate that.
1: Yeah, most certainly. And I I completely agree with you when, when you say, I mean, you certainly get what you pay for with microphones. And, you know, maybe the nicer microphone you get, the better it's going to sound. But if you don't know how to use that piece of equipment, It is essentially worthless. Um, And I like the trumpet analogy. So with with all these microphones that I'm talking about, we're so used to recording in like a what I like to call a live scenario where you're in a hall, you're in a really nice forgiving room or what have you. And you put the microphone far away or, you know, six feet away or 10 feet or what, what whatever. This is not that scenario. Unless you have a really nice room in your house that's, you know, wood floors and not a lot of carpet or uh, furniture, cloth furniture. Unless you have a really nice room to record in, I don't suggest putting the microphone more than two to three feet away from you. Um, just because you want to capture your sound and not the room that you're in. And if the room that you're in does not sound good, that will get into this the sound of the recording so you just want to capture the sound of your instrument so getting close to the microphone not like right like bell up against it but two feet one feet one foot right around there uh also turning the gain down on the microphone that way you're not blowing out the microphone a lot of people make the mistake of just doing that and not doing anything else which is a mistake. You have to look and see while you're recording the levels of the microphone. And if you start seeing yellow and red, that means that you're overloading the microphone. Um, another little tip is it's okay to use a little bit of reverb if you feel the need. Now, with reverb, it's one of those things that it's I feel like is a taboo subject, which I guess we could maybe talk about another time. But it's okay if it merely enhances what is already there, it's not there to completely mask things. Once you do that, it's—I feel—it's a misrepresentation of you as a player and a musician. I think reverb should, should simply add to what is already there. Um, sure.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> and whenever you
1: do that, whenever you like combine that with you know miking two to uh, two feet, two to three feet away. It'll sound fantastic. I'm, I'm really happy with the results that I've been getting with with my recordings.
0: So yeah, there's like a just a general start of um, how to put it together and um, with some microphone recommendations. And I do know that Patrick has written a blog post about this. So I will link that in the blog post and in the my own blog post and the show notes as well so that you can check out that resource. It's pretty in-depth, actually, so you can uh, get a little bit more of this conversation if you find yourself wanting more than what was provided here. Uh, Patrick, it says you, you, you were saying that you've answered questions often. If you're open for answering more and people want to get in touch with you, where can they find you?
1: So they can find me simply on my website, uh, patrickoliverio.com. That's Patrick, P a t r i c k O l i. V E R I O olive and then rio dot com. Um, that's also where you can find my blog. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram, Patrick Oliverio. Both. Um, I'm happy to answer any and all questions about this. I absolutely love recording and helping other people get the best result that they possibly can. So any any help I can give.
0: That's awesome, man. Uh, I know that he has been a help to me in answering some of these questions about microphones and um, and just being sort of uh, the best way that you've helped. Actually, I haven't really told you this, but just being an inspiration in the, it's a process. Like we're not necessarily trying to only just put out something that's perfect, but also showing the process of how it looks and that it, we are here to learn and that you, you don't just figure this out instantaneously and that there is trial and error involved in that that is okay and that's part of it. So if you're unsure of what's going on, you can reach out to Patrick, but also just know there's going to be some experimentation on your part as well. Exactly. Okay. Well, (laughs) if you need to get in touch with me, you can do so at That's Not Spit on Facebook and Instagram, that's not spit.com. If you enjoyed this episode, if you learned something, if you had a good time, uh, please feel free to leave a rating and a review. Uh, on iTunes. I'd really appreciate that. And be sure to share this on social media so other people can learn about microphones and how to record themselves and sound good too. Um, I would like to thank Brandon Yocum for his, well, oh my gosh, I can't believe I almost forgot. I'd like to thank Patrick Oliverio for sitting in his room and talking to me.
1: (laughs) Thank you for having me, dude.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now I'd like to thank Brandon Yocum for his work on mastering this episode. Uh, And most of all, I'd like to thank you for listening Stay strong, be kind to yourself, never stop growing, and we'll see you next time.